Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Pastoring in the Pandemic. I'm so glad today to be joined by Pam Swindig. Pam is the executive director of Good Samaritans of Garland, which helps with food insecurity and hunger needs here in the city of Garland. Um, my church partners with Good Sam, as do a lot of other local churches and businesses and organizations. And so really excited to talk with with you, Pam, about some of the things that Good Sam is doing right now and how y'all have been affected by the pandemic. So thank you so much for, for joining me today. Good, and thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, let's start off by going back in time for a second to the middle of March when all of this really hit and the county and then the state started shutting down everything except essential businesses. When this was all going on, what was going through your mind as, um, as the head of a local nonprofit? Uh, what was going through your mind? What plans did you start to make? And, and how did y'all respond initially when we were all kind of in crisis mode? You know, when this first hit, it's like, I know there's going to be a lot of need, but I was also very aware of the secure, I mean, the safety of my staff and volunteers. So I pulled my staff together, which is the operations manager and the pantry coordinator. I said, hey guys, is this something are you willing to do? Um, realizing that there's some risk for you. And I, it was great. I mean, immediately said, without a doubt, people will need us more now than ever. So we lost about probably 30 out of 40 something volunteers, but um, we just decided we're going to do it and put safety precautions in place. And now looking back, we're glad that we did. So what kind of, um, what kind of precautions did y'all have to put in place initially? What are, what are the things that y'all initially did? So we usually do interviews. We like to talk to all of our neighbors that come and visit guests that when they receive food, we suspended interviews. So they just, stand on the front porch, socially distanced, uh, masks are required in it one at a time. Now everything is bagged. So there's no client choice because we don't want people spending longer in the house or pantry than they need to. So we bag uh, breads and sweets, fruits and vegetables. They get a, uh, a box of the dry goods and they get meat and they can come. And also we serve anybody that's that comes in needing food. We used to be Garland, Rowlett, and Saxe, but we realized with a lot of the nonprofits closing that we needed to just, if somebody comes in our door, we'll go ahead and feed them. I mean, we want to. Good, good. Yeah. Well, well that, that kind of leads into my next question, which is how have you seen the pandemic affecting Good Sam's clients? Um, I mean, we've all seen on the news the, the photos and the video of, lines at, at fair park that stretching for for so long clearly people need food so what what have you seen in terms of how it's affected y'all's y'all's clients yeah you know you look at the cars and you go what are the stories behind all the people and the families in those cars i think the one that stands out to me most is there was a mother that came in who was living in her car with her two children and what had happened was she lost her job, you know, she was a sole earner and sole parent. Um, she called to get help from a resource with her rent. Well, if you remember, most resources closed down or staff has been greatly reduced. So 
she never received a call back before she could get help. So she was evicted and she's living in her car. You know, it's nobody's fault. You know, resources were just stretched thin and, uh, and it happened so quickly. That was very touching. That, that was a hard one. Um, we've had people come in that actually are receiving food stamps, seniors, but the price of food has gone up and, and they need more to supplement um, their food stamps. Um, what else? Pretty much since we stayed open and we're open five days a week, we just, it's a continual in and out, you know, our resources come in and they go out just as fast. So we're feeding on average about 120 families a day. And is that more than you were serving before the pandemic yeah. hit? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. We were, it's 900 and something a month and back pre-pandemic was 620. So about 300 more families a month. And you're doing that with fewer volunteers now. Yes. Yes. And you know, at first we're like, oh yeah, let's do this. And you're running on adrenaline and, and, and you just, if it felt right. And then the summer came, it got hot, we're getting a little tired. Um, but now I don't know, but it was the right thing to do. I had the best staff and the volunteers. We've got new volunteers from this, you know, that can meet the physical demands because it's, you're handing things to people all the time. Um, so it's, it's a physical job too. I really like what you said there about how initially there was the adrenaline of of we want to help as many people as we can, and you know this is a time of crisis, and we want to be there to to meet. Yeah, the yeah, I know. Uh, but I, I very much understand what you're saying about how there's adrenaline can only hold you for so long. At, at a certain right. point, we realize that oh, this is not going to be a three week crisis. This is going to stretch on and on and on, and it's just changed the way that we approach everything. Um, so yeah, there is, there is no going back to normal. We realize that now, but that's kind of fun, right? Because then it gives you the opportunity to address some things that perhaps maybe you wanted to address and, you know, you can say, well, COVID, COVID has dictated we do this, you know? So really, and we've had good response from everyone. So, you know, so, I don't so how, has, how has the pandemic then changed some of y'all's approaches? What are, what are some changes you have made um, in terms of how you serve the community because of the pandemic? Well, so, okay, we have our regular monthly clients who have been with us, they've been interviewed. Um, we know them, they know us. They can call for an appointment still and come in monthly to receive food assistance, supplemental food assistance for a month. Um, then we have emergency food assistance, which people come in, they just show their ID, which that's just to keep track of, you know, who all we're serving. And then they're provided with whatever we have. If we have an abundance of frozen meals, they get a bag of frozen meals, but it's fruit, vegetables, deli, um, dry goods, meat, and then they can come every two weeks. So they get, they get a pretty good amount of food. And definitely what we've heard from them, and this probably leads into your next question, they're, they're, a lot of them are overwhelmed at how much they're getting. They never expected we would be giving them so much. So that's, again, what we do is we give what we get. And mm -hmm. our retail partners have rebounded, right, when everybody took things off the shelves. And we're like going, oh, because oh, that's where we get our donations is from them. 
but now we're finding, oh, sure, maybe they're overbuying a little and we're getting a little bit more, which is wonderful. We're able to share more with more people. That is great. That, that's wonderful. Um, let, let me ask, in terms of, you, you mentioned that things are never going to be the same after this. Right. What are some of the long-term effects that you think Good Sam's and other, other nonprofits are going to have to reckon with because of the pandemic? You know what, and what I meant to bring up before, what I found is so important, and I've always felt this way about partnerships. You know, the only way you can get big things done is is with a lot of help from other people. Um, we strengthened our partnership with GISD because kids weren't in school, weren't being fed, right? So we fed an additional, what is it, like 8,700 families in four months because of that partnership. So we'll continue that partnership. There should be no GISD families that a teacher sees and they know they need some food. We are working on, you call us, let us know, we'll help. You know, we just don't, we want to delve into deeper avenues of where people are, are hungry, but it's hard to go to a food pantry. Um, we're going to continue partnerships. We want to continue making it easy to get food and that it's welcoming. Um, it's, there's been men that have cried. It's hard finding yourself in a position you have to go to a food pantry and ask for food. So we really work on it's it's non threatening. We're non judgment. We have food. We'll give you food. Um, and I have a great staff and volunteers that they model that too. Yeah, that's been one thing that's been really really nice to see when. I and other members of my church have gone and, and volunteered at Good Sam is just that welcoming atmosphere that y'all that y'all have the the bright picnic tables out front to kind of put on that that welcoming um, welcoming public face for for folks coming in that this is a place where you can feel at home. This is not a place that you need to be ashamed at coming to. We right. just we we want to help people who who need that help. Yes. Um, well, are there any stories that you want to share about what it's been like serving? during the pandemic? You know, I actually had some of my volunteers and staff here today and we were talking and I, and I asked them and I think they said the hardest part of serving is the emotional toll. If physically this has been really draining, but the emotional because of, uh, and most of it is people are so grateful, you know, but but it's it's because there's a lot of people needing help and you do have some that come in with some pretty like the mother living in her car um when you it just makes you realize there's just a circumstance that will just get catapult you over the edge into a place you don't know where to go for assistance and you don't know how to ask for assistance and you're embarrassed and we have got to be better about saying it's here for you and um, don't don't be scared to ask I'm trying to think of, I tell you what we've had a lot in our homeless population our unhoused has increased but here's a beautiful thing street side showers uh, called they come and provide showers once a week for our, our unhoused so 40 people are getting showers you know that's that's hygiene and dignity uh, we have Metro Relief on site who helps find shelter or homes or apartments or uh, safe places for our homeless. And so they've sent four people back home to their parents 
and then uh, they found housing for others. So to me, God just kind of, you know, he just brought the resources where the need was. And that is, we're going to keep that up after that pandemic for sure, because it's just, it's, it's holistic approach to helping people. You come here for food and then you get other things too. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, this wasn't one of the questions that I told you I'd be asking you. So I'm, I'm throwing you a curveball here. It's okay. But, but as, as the person who's in charge of this organization, you've got volunteers working under you. You've got people coming to you every single day needing help. And in the midst of it all, you are also living in the midst of the mm -hmm. pandemic, just like everybody else is. So for, for lack of a better way of saying it, how, how are you doing, Pam, with having to, you know, be the public face of Good Sam in all of this? while also um, dealing with it yourself? You know, I don't, ever since I've been here and um, for six years now, and I came from working in the church or being the music director, um, I have found the one thing that keeps me centered and focused is if I take time to write thank you notes and just to be grateful because there are so many things pulling me in so many directions and I find myself um, you know, I lose track of my phone or keys and it's like, because we're living in this whirlwind of there's just needs all the time and some of them are heartbreaking and that's hard. So really, I'll sit down and write thank you notes because I know God, I mean, if he put me here, he's going to provide what's needed, even though sometimes I feel like I'm in a dry patch, right? And there have been those. So just like you calling and um, saying you want to talk. That's so encouraging. The, the community has been incredibly supportive. I don't care if it's $5 or 10 or whatever, that they thought enough that they're thinking, I want to help somebody and that they chose Good Sam. That, I mean, that's really God's gift. And that's his, his way of, you know, saying, just, just keep doing what you're doing. But, you know, I'm not always perfect at that. You know, you get tired and hot and people are fussing outside. So when it gets, I will tell you, so over the summer when it was really hot outside and we had a lot of our unhoused, you can tell the effect of the economy on these guys too, because they're, 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 they're a little bit on edge too. It's, it's how that just all trickles down, you know? Um, so we just try, hey, be kind to each other. Just listen. Don't immediately jump off the handle. You, you know, something's going on with this guy, so just listen and listen to him. Um, there's been a lot. I feel like I'm finally able to maybe think about some of the stuff a little bit, mm -hmm. but I'm sure it'll change tomorrow. <laughs> right? That's, that's <laughs> kind of in the theme of the last six months is... Flexibility, I know. You know it'll all change tomorrow. What did you say that key takeaway? I was going to go, well, it's messy. That's a good word. It's true, but I think that's God's work because we don't always see, you know, we don't, we just do what we're called to do at that moment with who's standing right there. And, and then we move to the next person. So sometimes we see the fruit and other times we, we don't, but we know that's, we did our part at that time. So I don't, well, let me ask, how can folks who are listening, um, how, how can we help Good Sam or 
uh, if, if folks who are listening are not living in Garland, how can they help their local food bank right now? Because I, I know I, as a pastor, I'm so grateful to be able to direct people y'all's way because y'all can, y'all can do things we are not capable of doing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's good to have that professional resource that we can, can turn to. How can listeners help Good Sam's or, or their local food bank right now? Well, again, like with you, just reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? How can I help? The guy with street side showers was in today, the ED, and he's going, how are you doing? Man, uh, we were just talking about how we've kind of both need to take a week off to, to just kind of quiet our mind and, and just be still and, and let things uh, rest. So just checking in to see how we're doing. Of course, financial for your food pantries is always needed. That allows us to purchase what's needed that necessary, like some shelves empty faster than others. That gives us a little more purchasing power, uh, but we love when people are creative with their food donation drives too. So I think anything you do for your local food pantry, they will greatly appreciate it. They should because you are the ones providing the resources to give what we like to do and that's to feed people can do it without you guys but would it be helpful then to to reach out to the food bank first and specifically find out what are your specific needs right now honestly it is so we have a partnership with north texas food bank and we can get they have like a big inventory right well there's some things that they're going to have there's others that they were very rarely have and that's like pasta sauce hearty soups which we really need chili you know when it gets cold the food needs change so I love it when people go hey what can we do what do you need um and dip like we also do socks we're doing a, a, a winter clothing drive so you know there's other things that we need besides food so we always like when people ask well if you could leave listeners with you know, one little, one takeaway, one, one pearl of wisdom, whether it's about nonprofit ministry, about the, the clients that you're ministering to, anything you'd like, what, what would you want to make sure that people didn't get off this podcast without, without knowing? I think we're so quick to judge others in situations and learning to just stop and and really and listen and really try to understand where someone's coming from what their needs are not that you're even going to meet their needs but just to listen to them we find a lot of people they just want somebody to listen to them um and just really not being judgmental you can't love people if you're judging them right and my famous helen keller quote is alone we can do so little together we can do so much and it doesn't have to be like oh we can't give them much it doesn't matter you know you get the biggest supporters for good sam are individuals collectively how cool is that you know so uh, it what ten dollars eight dollars whatever it's it's enough you know, it's just whatever is in your heart. Um, don't ever act like you don't have resources or you don't have enough because God just takes that and multiplies it and, and just sprinkles it out into the community and places that I, I probably will never see either. But we feel like it's our job to put it out there. So I appreciate that that message about not 
not judging others for their for their situation. I think that this pandemic has been a good reminder for for everybody in some ways of how one one life event can really can it knock is. you down. Um, can can knock you down in a way that it's very difficult to recover from. It and ho- hopefully that's a lesson that all of us will will take out of this experience. Um, that you don't know anybody's story until you listen to their story right. and take the time take the time to do that. Right. And really a lot of times it's not even about fixing anything. It's amazing, right? You know, it's just really it's just listening and respecting them as individuals. Um, I I I will tell you I heard some some people have been able to buy gas for their car because we gave them food. I mean, and we give them meat, chicken, beef. So they've been able to buy gas or they've been able to buy diapers. Um, you know, people that haven't been in situations like this before. So we, we're all kind of hurting right now. We're all kind of confused and broken. And I think the kinder we can be to each other, um, I'm just convinced that if we change our corner of the world, then everybody does that, we'll be a, it'll be a better place. Um, I think God's doing a lot of things uh, positive during the pandemic, if we, and we'll find them if we look for them. He's doing them. Well, Pam, I'm grateful for the work that that y'all are doing to make to make your corner of of Garland a better place, and for the way that y'all are serving the community. I'm glad that my church partners with y'all and um, and want to find other ways to to continue to do that because y'all are, are such a valuable part of of our community here in Garland, and you do such wonderful work. For, for all of your clients. Ricky, I can't thank you enough. And 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 I do thank you, but it, it comes from everyone here. The people that we feed, they're telling us thank you, but it's really, they're, that goes to you too. So thank you guys. Well, thank you for coming on today, Pam, and sharing some of your thoughts on uh, on this. And um, I hope that everybody that's listening will will reach out to your local food bank and see what you can do to be helpful in this time. Um, because all of our local nonprofits need the help. They rely on the help, and I hope that y'all will, will reach out and, and do your part. So, Pam, thank you for joining me today, thank you. Um, and thanks for your service to the community. Thank you, Daniel. Okay.